This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show. For Hollywood icon Lauren Bacall, there were relationships with Frank Sinatra and Jason Robarts. There were crushes on Kirk Douglas and Gregory Peck. And then there was Humphrey Bogart. Later in life, Bacall summarized all her past relationships in an interview. She said, all the men were mistakes, except for Bogart. During the 1940s and 50s, Bogie and Bacall were Hollywood's power couple, the center of numerous Hollywood events. Even after Bogart's death in 1957, the couple remained immensely popular with moviegoers. The duo epitomized grace, class, and what it meant to be infatuated with love. During their 11-year marriage, the couple had two kids, amounted uh, tremendous memories, and provided incredible support for each other in the so-called game of life. For Bacall, the marriage to Bogart provided helpful insight to acting and stability while living in a crazy Hollywood atmosphere. For Bogart, the marriage to Bacall grounded him and provided a calming, more relaxed life that he needed. They met while making a movie, her first, his 53rd. Together, the couple made four movies. With two such combustible characters, there were inevitable flare-ups. Bacall was never threatened by another woman, but felt she couldn't quite compete with Bogart's racing yacht Santana. He was in love with her sleek lines and the way she moved in the water. Sailing was his greatest joy, she would say later. If Santana were his baby, when Bacall announced her first pregnancy, Bogart was all at sea. Well, the day I told him I was pregnant, we had the biggest shouting match of our lives. It hadn't occurred to me that 48 years of age and childless, he wasn't ready to be a father. He kept yelling that he hadn't married me just to lose me to a baby. It took Bogart a day to get used to the idea, and the couple ended up with two children. They were... Uh, have a mere dozen years together before Bacall became a widow at 33. She said, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. If I didn't have those two little children, I don't know what I would have done. I think it's appropriate that the radio series we're going to hear tonight was all about sailing and finding adventure on the sea. So here's the episode entitled Blue Moon, the episode of Bold Venture. Adventure, intrigue, mystery, romance, starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall. Together in the sultry setting of tropical Havana and the mysterious islands of the Caribbean. Bold Venture.
once again, the magic names of Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall bring you Bold Venture and a tale of mystery and intrigue. Slate Shannon. That's right. And this is Miss Duval. I'm very happy. Then I'm happy too. Hello. My name is Cameron. I have a plantation outside of San Tomas. Sugar. Sugar? For the time being, just call me Sailor. What can we do for you, Mr. Cameron? I've never come to a man and and begged before in my life. Well, then you've come to the wrong man. You don't have to beg anything from me. It's about a girl. A young girl, wild, impetuous, and spoiled. No, thanks. Mr. Shannon already has one. Sailor, why don't you go and put a new point in our desk pen? Where am I going to get a new point? Post office is closed. Please. It's about my daughter. It's about Kathy. Kathy and the Blue Moon. Oh, yes. There's a gambling ship in the bay called the Blue Moon. Look, if you're a man in trouble, I'll listen to you. If all you want to do is hire someone to spank your daughter for gambling, get yourself somebody else. Because nobody else can do what I want you to do. You haven't told Slate yet what it is. Maybe he won't Do you want... mind if I make my own decision, Sailor? Go ahead, Miss Cameron. Kathy's involved with a man named Norton. Oh, yes, I've heard of him. He owns the Blue Moon. How did your daughter get mixed up with a guy like that? I don't know. All I know is that since she's met him, she's... Well, she's changed. She's a stranger to me. She's on that boat all the time. I have an easy solution. Why don't you just tell Mr. Norton to buy your daughter from the boat? I've tried that. He laughed in my face. He told me... Hold it a minute. Sailor, there's a guy over there at the cigar counter. Take care of him. Go ahead, Sailor. I'll remember every word Mr. Cameron says and tell you later. All right, Cameron? Well, Norton knows something about Kathy I don't. I know my daughter. It's more than just a lust for gambling. Please, will you help me, Shannon? Go there, talk to Kathy. Convince her that she she need never go back to that ship again. Please, please, I'll, I'll give you anything. Put your wallet back. Your daughter's in trouble with Norton? I'll, I'll try to straighten her out. You don't understand, Shannon. I'm a rich man. When I bring Kathy back, you'll give me a box of lump sugar? Too loud, Paul. You disturb our boss. Tell Greg I want to see him. Our boss sleeps. His brain goes all the time. He needs rest. Wake him up, Mickey. I've got something for him. I don't wake up, boss, till he asks me. Wake me up, Mickey. Who wants me? It's your croupier, Paul. The wheel jockey says he's got something. He can keep it to himself till you get your share of sleep, boss. Let him in. Our boss says for me to let you in. I'll let... Uh, you have something for me, Paul? Well, give it to me, but make it tender, because I just woke up. I uh, was in Shannon's place a little while ago. And you had fun. Rub my neck, Mickey. There's a crick in it. Yeah, thanks, boss. Ah. Oh, that's good. That's very good. There was someone else there. Kathy Cameron's father. Now the other side, Mickey. Ah. He's sick with worry about his daughter. Wants Shannon to take her away from you. You three must have made a jolly group. They were so wrapped up in it, Shannon, his girl, Cameron. They thought all I wanted was to buy a pack of cigarettes. You're a good boy, Paul. The thing of many talents. Shannon's coming out here to the boat. 
I thought you'd need to know. Paul's a good boy, isn't he, Mickey? I'm better for you, boss. He can't do the things for you I can do. He can't... Of course he can't, Mickey. Nobody can. That's why I keep you around, isn't it? See? See? That's why he keeps me around. That's why... Sure, Mickey. (laughs) So they want to take Kathy away from me. And Kathy will never leave me. Because I fixed it that way, didn't I, boss? Mm Mm-hmm. Because you threw yourself in front of her car because she thought she'd killed you. That's why you've got to keep out of her sight, because for as long as she thinks you don't exist, she belongs to me. Till I use her up. Her and her daddy's money. And so clean. She loses it to me at the roulette table. Clean and legitimate. Boss, this Shannon could... No one's going to spoil it, Mickey. Not a well-paying corpse like you, I give you my word. Look through the porthole, Greg. That's Shannon's boat coming alongside. Go hold his hand, Paul. Then bring him to me. I want to tell him how he can't part two sweethearts like Kathy and me. You do me and my gambling ship great honor, Mr. Duval, Mr. Shannon. Your boy brought us to you. We asked for Kathy Cameron. He didn't want to deny me the pleasure of meeting you two. He has standing orders to deliver to me first the illustrious, the renowned. You see, Slate, I keep telling you that's what we are. You never believe me. Go on, Mr. Norton. You were saying... That I would have shuddered if you came aboard and deprived me of yourselves. Gee, you're smooth, Mr. Norton. The way you talk. The waxed mustache. That's the only word for you. Smooth. So you saved yourself a shudder, Norton. Now, is it all right if we go find Kathy? She may not care for you disturbing her at the gambling table. Now, what did you want with Miss Cameron? We're going to take her back to Havana with us, Norton, because her father's lonesome for her. He's a funny guy. He thinks his daughter ought to spend more time at home. Any objections? Uh, I only asked you because you stuck your nose in. (laughs) No objections. I only fear for you. You think you can stop me? I know I can. However, Miss Cameron is in the casino on A deck. And uh, please sign the guest book. I'll want something to remember you by. Number 12 on the black. Black page, 12 page. Miss Cameron? What? Mind if we talk to you? Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. Place your bets. You mind if we talk to you? Go away. I can't do that, Miss Cameron. Why don't you two try the poop deck? It's a good place to jump from. Jump from? Oh, your preposition is dangling, Kathy. Your father must have picked the wrong finishing school for you. My father? Oh, you made me miss my bet. Sailor. I know. You want me to kibitz that hot game of old maid over there. Come on, Kathy. Let's get some air, you and I. You're hurting my arm. It's an advice I use to make myself clear. Come on. I made a suggestion to you before concerning the poop deck. Or if that doesn't suit you, why don't you try it from this rail? You're just a kid, Kathy. You've got to grow up a little more before that kind of talk becomes you. Oh, you think I'm a kid. Nineteen, twenty. Kids that old and women over 40 use lipstick the way you do. Another suggestion. A girl 19 is better for you. Want to know why? I'll put my arms around you and show you. Hey, take it easy. And hold you. Okay, Norton. Yeah! Ah. 
Did you notice, Miss Cameron? I only had to do it once, right in back of the neck. Get him out of here. I think I'll give him back to Miss Duval. <laughs> Don't you think I'm considerate? Mr. Slate, he stood on moonlit deck. Man from behind hit him in he neck. Lady sailor, she bring from ship blue moon. Her winnings to date, Mr. Slate in a swoon. Because they tried to do one very good deed. Bring daughter back to father who cried his need. He waved at them, a face full of war. Mr. Slate, he said, don't cry, I go. You see, Slate, you didn't make such a hobby of helping people. This never would have happened to you. Yeah, that's just what a fellow needs at a time like this, sailor. A kind word. Now you are hurt, Mr. Slate, because you love a good deed too much? <laughs> yeah. I live for the moment when I can bring a wandering girl back to her daddy. Let Norton have her. I don't think I could go through this again. You go through with it. Your neck is my neck. I read that once in a poem. I'm going back to the Blue Moon, sailor. Mend me real nice because I've got some things to do there. I want to look good. Uh-uh. If you go back, they'll kill you. Those were Norton's parting words to me. He said, tell him not to come back. Next time, I'll give them to you in pieces. You're a complicated man, Slate. I could never put you back together again. Give me another whiff of your smelling salt, sailor. That ringing noise is back in my skull. You're a ham bone. That's the telephone. Shannon's place, Sailor Duval. Mr. Shannon, please. Oh, uh-huh. It's for you, Slate, the man who grows sugar. He's in a tizzy. Anyway, he makes sounds like a tizzy. I'll let you know. Slate Shannon speaking. Forget it, Mr. Shannon. Forget ever I've called on you. I don't need you any longer. Where are you, Mr. Cameron? I'm at home. But you're not to come here. You're not to... Get me a clean shirt, sailor. I've got to see a man who doesn't need me. Shannon, I told you... What's this all about, Cameron? Did anyone follow you here? I didn't bother to look. Let's go inside. If they followed inside. you... Inside. Norton's got you scared too, huh? You don't know what you're doing coming here. Who did he threaten? You or your daughter? Get out of here. You made a big noise when I first met you, Cameron. Now all I hear is chicken. Your daughter needs help. What happened to all your worry about her? I'll kill you. I'll kill you. You're kidding. No! Let go of me. You're going to oh. calm down. Hey, that's better. Now, don't let us throw you. It's just a matter of age and condition. They'll kill her. Now, they won't kill her. That's not what you're afraid of. Yes, yes. They're taking all your money through her. Killing you would be a safer investment. That way, they'd get the money a lot faster. I... I don't want to die. Well, neither do I. You started something with me. Now it's got to be finished. Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall and the second act of our story. 
I give you two words, Slate. You're crazy. Yeah, I get psychotic when I'm beat over the head. Now, look, it's three o'clock in the morning. Go get some sleep. I've gotten better prizes than you in the bottom of a crackerjack box. Why don't you do what I tell you? Look, if you tried to handle the bold venture now, you'd drive her into the rocks. In your condition, you... You've got a condition. The man said he'd kill you if you came out to the blue moon again. He said that... Aren't you going to help me aboard our boat? All right. Sometimes I wonder why I even bother. I had a spaniel once who had better manners than you. Talk to me, Slate. Out of the way. Ah, come on. Now, you're going to give me trouble. Who are you talking to? Out of the way. Baylor. What do you want? Come here. Look at the motor. Wires all over the place. Someone's... Someone's come aboard. Who's there? I can't see your face. Who is it? But you can't see my gun, can't you? Who are you? How about you, Mr. Vall? Can you see it? Uh, move it a little to the left. Thanks. My, it's pretty in the moonlight. If you get that boat fixed, take it north. If you take it south, you might get too close to the blue moon. Then everything will blow up in your face. I've been pushed around long enough. I've got about... And next time, I'll put the bullet into your head, Shannon, instead of into the woodwork of your boat. Want to try? No? <laughs> See? You can be sensible. Good night, mechanics. You do yourself nicely on my money, Paul. Your apartment, charming. The decor, excellent taste. And now that I've performed the amenities, you have something for me? It'll take Shannon a long time to fix his boat. And you convinced him not to annoy us anymore? Mm, it's hard to tell with a man like Shannon. Yes, you're ever so right. And it's up to you, my dear Kathy. If Shannon should discover you're a murderess, a hit-and-run killer, they'd take you away from me. And that would make you desolate, wouldn't it? You wanted me to do something? Just tell me. Don't claw at me like a fat cat. Emotions have their way with you, don't they, my dear? All right. Call Shannon's place. Ask for Miss Duval. Tell her to come here because you need her so desperately. In ten minutes. You do need her, Kathy. So you won't waste your precious life away in prison. Sailor Duval speaking. This is Kathy, Miss Duval. Kathy Cameron. Is Mr. Shannon there? No, he's sitting up with a sick boat. He's half not. Good. Listen, you must come here alone. 16 Paseo Gomez, apartment 12, in 10 minutes if it matters to you whether I live. Well, that's the other side of town. How do I get there this time of night? There are no cabs. What do I do? Wave a wand over a pumpkin? Oh, you must. Please, find a way. Well, maybe King Moses will lend me his jalopy. What's wrong, Kathy? Why do you In want... In ten minutes, Mr. Val. The way you wanted it, Greg? Your choice of words was exquisite, my dear. And it is a matter of whether you live. Dum, da, dum, dum. 
Hey, watch out, you crazy fool! Look, I, I didn't see you. I, oh, you're hurt, aren't you? I'll go get help. Hey there. Am I glad to see somebody? This man. I saw what happened. Get a doctor, will you? Your car was weaving from side to side. You ran this man down. What are you talking about? He just ran out in front of the car. And you tried to run away. If I hadn't stopped you, you'd have just left the man lying there. You know something? You don't have anything to worry about as long as you listen to me. You know something? Now your voice fits your face. First it was your face. You spin the wheel on the blue moon. And your voice happened a little while ago aboard our boat. Wait a minute. It doesn't matter who I am. You hit that man. Ouch! Hey, you out of your mind, lady? Did I pinch you too hard? You're supposed to be dead. Hey, we got a clever one on our hands, Paul. Yeah, she's done being clever. Throw her in the car, Mickey. The boss will tell you where to throw her after that. Welcome, Mr. Slit. I got coffee perking for you in the kitchen. Uh, thanks, King. You didn't have to wait up for me. What I have and have not to do, Mr. Slate, is my own affair. I go bring your coffee. No, no coffee. Stay here, King. Sing to me. Right now, I need sleep. I do not think sleep will come to you, Mr. Slate. You just sit there and watch it. It will not come because Miss Salo is not here. She wants to roam Havana this time, and I'd let her. I got other things on my mind. Two hours ago, there came a phone call. Miss Salo, scribble address on part, borrow my auto. Here is the address. I think you better go look for her, Mr. Slate. Because <laughs> you're afraid she'll gone with that heap. Take 20 bucks out of the register, King. That'll take care of it. Because the call came from Miss Kathy Cameron. Huh? I told you sleep would not come, Mr. Slate. You banging on the right door, mister? Yeah. Banging on the right head. Oh! Ah. Now we'll drag you inside. Come on, up on your feet. Get with it, Buster. Start talking. What's the matter with you? Oh. Up. This is where we were ten seconds ago. Start talking. Uh, not gonna get you anyplace, Shannon. You know my name. Huh? Oh. That's for taking the liberty. What did you do with Sailor? Blue Moon. She's there. How come she's there? You're going to answer me, Buster, because you happen to be fresh off the Blue Moon. You're the guy who spins the roulette wheel. I tried to frame her. Didn't work. How? Make like hit and run. Blackmail. Little guy, Mickey, used to make a living at it. Run in front of the car, make out he's hurt. People get scared. Pay off. Sailor was too smart. Didn't bite. Same gambit you pulled on Kathy Cameron, huh? Get out of it, Shannon. You know, for a guy who spins a roulette wheel all day, how come you keep one in your apartment? Hobby. Uh-huh. Hobby. And you'll enjoy this. I read where a croupier in Monte Carlo practiced and practiced. He got good. He could put that ball in the black slot or the red slot almost every time he wanted. You're buying grief. He couldn't do it every time, but his average was great. All right, all right. Like you and Norton are doing to Kathy Cameron. 
blackmailing her on a hit-and-run caper. She pays off by playing the wheel, loses money every night. Knows it's rigged against her and can't do anything about it. <laughs> Stealing money legal. Uh-huh. Because I woke you from a deep sleep. Oh! I give it back to you. Hey, amigo. Your boat for hire? Let me hear number, senor. Five bucks. Not the right number. Try Carlos with the cat boat. Ten. Ten bucks. Put your money where my hand is. Here. Eight bucks and change. Blue moon, skipper. She's anchored a few miles out. First, I count the change. Look, you. You want the blue moon, senor? Then let me count the change. Ninety-seven, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. Oh, here is the other penny. You, you almost didn't make it, senor. You want I should wait for you, senor? Yeah, wait. I give you a hand up the side. Now, this rope hanging down from the side, just hold the end of it. I'm going up hand over hand. And I'll pick a cabin, Shannon, and see how your luck is. Sailor. 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 Hey, it's the middle of the night. Yeah. Yeah, isn't it, though? I'll get back to you. Sailor. Is that you, Slate? Let me in. I can't. The door's locked. You got a hairpin? What's the matter? Night wind playing hard with your hair, too? Slip it under the door. All right, here. Where did you learn how to pick a lock? A friend of mine taught me. Gee, that reminds me. I owe her a letter. Stay like this, sailor. It's been too long since I felt your arm against my cheek. Just think. All this while, there's only been a hairpin. Get back in there, sailor. Get your hair up. I'll be back. Can't get away, Shannon. You made a mistake, Shannon. I'm going to find you in that boiler room and kill you. Shannon. Well, I've got to hand it to you, Shannon. You tried. Too bad you had to die on a coal pile. You almost... Come on down to the coal pile with me. I'll bring you. Start with this. I can still hear you. Can't hear you anymore now, Norton. Slade, are you all right? Look, I spoiled the nice clean shirt you washed for me. I'll wash your other one. First, there's a couple of guys on this boat. I've got to collect them for the police. What about Kathy? She's got nothing more to worry about. Her father can get her. Well, it happened again, Slate. You did your good deed and you got your lumps for it. Don't you get tired of it. Till the next time. Let's get out of here, sailor. Yeah, 
She's all fixed, sailor. The last wire's in place. The bold venture's gonna run like a dream. Fine. Where are we going? Well, I didn't say we were going anyplace. I just said the bold venture'd run like a dream. You want to hear it? If it makes you happy. All right. Wait till you hear that motor purr. What kind of a dream does that sound like? Oh, I had it running a minute ago. Let me try. What'd you do to it? Touched it gently. You want to see how? See? Your eyes, your cheeks, your lips. You purr too, don't you? <laughs> Full speed ahead, sailor. There's a smooth sea tonight. So our two stars, Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall, have brought to a close our latest Bold Venture story. Special music was composed and conducted by David Rose. May we invite you to listen again next week at this time for another exciting adventure starring Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall together in Bold Venture. Stay tuned for The Red Skelton Show next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for The Red Skelton Show. Which character will we hear from tonight? Well, Red certainly had enough to choose from. Many of the characters he created were often a result of a combination of people he had met along the way. He had a, an ability to observe a certain type of person and then create the individual character from that. So here's a list of some of the characters that Red created. Clem Cadiddlehopper. He was the dim-witted country bumpkin who was loved by all. He was a character who seemed like a fool, but every so often, he'd get one up on his counterpart. How about Freddy the Freeloader, a hobo who lived in the city dump? Then there was Gertrude and Heathcliff. Yeah, two seagulls. <laughs> Red did those and acted like they could talk to. Cauliflower McPug, a punch-drunk fighter who oftentimes heard bells and birds. And that's only a partial list. Tonight, we thought we'd have a visit from Junior, the meme widow kid. He was the a little child whose catchphrase was, I doot it! Red Skelton coming up next with Junior's Good Deed. Hey, folks, it's Friday night. Call up a friend and tell him Red Skelton's on. Or better yet, call up an enemy. <laughs> Procter & Gamble brings you the Red Skelton Show, starring Red Skelton, Dave Rose and his orchestra, our singing stars, the Four Knights, Verna Felton, Lorene Tuttle, Pat McGee, and Dick Ryan, and yours truly, Rod O'Connor. Yes, it's the Red Skelton Show, brought to you by Tide, Procter & Gamble's amazing new discovery for your whole family wash. Tide's in, dirt's out, Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap, Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E, Tide.
Metro Golden Mayor, the star of our show, Red Skelton. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I thought you'd introduce me as Art Linkletter tonight. <laughs> well, what have you been doing the past week, Red? Oh, I've been helping my wife with the fall house cleaning. Well, you're starting a little early, aren't you? Oh, no. We like to throw the old Christmas tree out before we bring the new one in. <laughs> well, I guess dirt does accumulate fast. Oh, yeah. You know, you get so used to everything around the house, you don't realize how dirty the place is until someone gives you a hint. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Who tipped you off? The little dog next door when he tried to bury a bone in our living room. <laughs> After five minutes of cleaning, there was so much dirt in the vacuum cleaner, Walter Winchell made me an offer. <laughs> you sound like you had a lot of fun cleaning house. Oh, I did. You know, when you clean house, you always find something that's been missing for mm-hmm. a long time. You know, I pulled down the window shade and found a pair of pants I've been pressing for three years. <laughs> I went through one of my old suits, and what do you think I found? What? My wife's brother. <laughs> no kidding. Say, is Oswald still living with you? Oh, yeah. He thinks because his name is on the marriage license as a witness that I married him, too. <laughs> Have that little dog to come over and bury that joke. Now. <laughs> Look, Red, I don't mean to get nosy, but it's rumored that he's pretty lazy. Is that true? I've been for three years trying to get, trying to get him to dust the furniture, and he's, I can't read it. See, if I, <laughs> if I memorize it, I do all right. When I try to read, I'm dead. I've been trying to get him to dust the furniture in his room. And he won't do it? No, I even tried to shame the guy into doing it. I says, look, I can write my name in the dust on your dressing room table. What happened? He says, I know you're educated, capitalist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Red, if you've all straightened up at your place, how about coming over and helping Sylvia and me with our fault? No, I'm not too good at it myself. I make too many mistakes. (laughs) I mistook a bottle of hair restore for furniture polish. And you know that mohair chair in my den? Yeah. (laughs) All the the hair is from young Moe's, you know. Well, now you can't see Mo for the hair. Oh, no, come That's on. a brilliant joke, isn't it? No hairy star is that good. This stuff is. This will grow hair on a cue uh, ball, you know. <laughs> I tried it. I tried it. I had to finish a game of billiards with a pair of scissors for a cue. Come on. Wait a minute. Tell the truth. So you used Harry's store for furniture polish. Now, what really happened? Nothing. <laughs> but now we have to part the hair, uh, uh, table in the middle, people. <laughs> Tides in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. Any soap? Yes, any soap. T- Terminate the harmony! Hoist the music! You say cleaner than any soap? Does that include or exclude all the new Suds discoveries? She, she's including everything, Red. Thank you. She's saying that no soap, no other Suds, no other washing product known will get your clothes as clean as Tide. And by clothes, I mean sheets, pillowcases, shirts, work clothes, everything. Tide leaves them free from dirt and then some. Because Tide also removes dingy soap film. Yet with all this exceptional cleaning power, Tide is safe. Truly safe for all your washable colors. What's more, Tide actually brightens those colors as it washes away dulling soap film. Tide has a way with white things, too. In hardest water, Tide gets them whiter than any other washing product known. Tide keeps them white, too, week after week. Never turns them yellow. Next wash day, try Tide. Discover the only washing product known that gives you all this 
the cleanest, brightest, whitest wash you ever hung on the line. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the four knights will sing Old Dan Tucker. Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Are you too late to get your supper? Supper's over, breakfast cooking. And old Dan Tucker just standing there looking. Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Are you too late to get your supper? Supper's over, breakfast cooking. And old Dan Tucker just standing there looking. Now, old Dan Tucker was a nice old man who used to ride out Darby Ram. It sent him whizzing down the hill. If he hadn't got up, he'd lay there still. Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Are you too late to get your supper? Supper's over, breakfast cooking. And old Dan Tucker just standing there looking. Old Dan Tucker and I got drunk. He fell in the far and kicked up a chunk. A charcoal gut inside of his shoe. Bless you, honey, how the ashes flew. Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Are you too late to get your supper? And old Dan Tucker just standing there looking. Now, old Dan Tucker was a fine old man. He washed his face in the frying pan. He combed his hair with the wagon wheel and died with the toothache in his heel. Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Are you too late to get your supper? Supper. Well, I went to town to buy some goods, but I lost myself in a patch of woods. The night was cold and I had to suffer. It rose the feet of old Dan Tucker. Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Are you too late to get your supper? Supper's over. Breakfast cooking, old Dan Tucker. Stand there, let me to get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Are you too late to get your supper? Supper's over. Breakfast cooking, old Dan Tucker. Stand there, looking. I come to town the other night. I heard the noise and saw the fight. The watchman was a running around. The fine old Dan Tucker had come to town. Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Where are you too late to get your supper? Supper's over, breakfast cooking. And old Dan Tucker just standing there looking. Get out the way, old Dan Tucker. Where are you too late to get your supper? Supper's over, breakfast cooking. And old Dan Tucker just standing there looking. Supper's over, breakfast cooking. Old Dan Tucker just a stand. Rod, did you hear Fred Allen last Sunday night? Now, you know you don't allow me to listen to any other comedian. <laughs> Look, Crisco Kid. <laughs> Cam A Boy. One more like that, and Tide's in and Rod's out. <laughs> well, that takes care of Procter and Gamble. <laughs> no, you know that Fred Allen has taken a quiz show insurance policy on his listeners. Yes, I heard about it. Now, if any of the listeners can prove they lost a giveaway prize because they were listening to the regular Fred Allen program when their phone number was called, of course, they'll be guaranteed the amount lost up to $5,000. Isn't that terrific? Now we can all relax. Let's show what home is really like when quiz programs are on. Good idea. trying to do? Start an argument? Willie, will you get away from that radio? You've had your ear glued to that speaker for six hours. Look. Now look what you've done. My ear come unglued. Ever since you've discovered those giveaway programs, you never budge from that set. And I'm getting tired of dusting you every morning. Oh, shut up! You're putting that filthy kilocycle mouth of yours... I, if I don't listen close and, I, and they call me, I won't know the answer. 
Now keep quiet, clabber girl. <laughs> How can you stand to listen to so many straight hours of talk? Well, you forgot I married you, Jitter Jaws. <laughs> what are you listening to now? The music should drop dead. When that program's over, will you turn that radio off? No, I gotta listen to the new frost warning show, Stop the Weather. <laughs> well, now I wonder who that could be. Answer the door, Willie. You go answer, will you? They'll think the place is haunted and go away then. Yes? I'm the lady who lives at the farm three miles down the road, and my husband's just been run over by a tractor. Could I please borrow your telephone to phone a doctor? You cannot. <laughs> I'd be glad to pay for it. Oh, that would be pretty expensive, lady. But it couldn't be more than a nickel. Don't make me laugh. If they call me and I can answer the name of the ditty they're playing, I will win a baby grand piano complete with stool and Jose Ike Derby. <laughs> All the lend lease the United States pays out for the next ten years or the countries they're going to pay it to. <laughs> Dewey's mustache cup. <laughs> I can get the Pacific Ocean. Bottles. <laughs> The World Series played in my living room with Bob Hope umpiring the game. <laughs> and five free appendix operations. Take the appendix out and put it back, take it out, put it back. <laughs> on top of that, I get a deep freeze with one year's supply of deep. And then comes the big prizes. And you, oh, there's the phone. They're calling me. They're calling me. Where's the phone? Where's the phone? It's in your hand. Where's my hands? <laughs> Turn the radio up. Turn the radio up. So I can get the name of the song. What's the name of it? What's the name of it? But it sounds like mud from the opera Henry Clay. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, more Patrillo. <laughs> I, I had it, and you got me all messed up. If I miss this question, I'll sue you for every nickel I got. You got <laughs> Hello? Hello? Could you speak a little louder, please? Willie, you're talking into the receiver. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, what did you hang it up for? Oh, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Hello, operator, operator. Why don't you hang up? They might call back. Yeah, they might call back. It worked. It worked. It worked. Let me see now. They're playing Silver Threads Among the Gold, ain't they? No, no, that's over. They're playing another number now. Oh, no. Hello? Hello? Yeah, I know what you're playing. What's that? Well, you got a lot of nerve <laughs> calling me at this time of the day. Who, is who here? Wait, that, hey, lady. Yes? Are you Joe the repairman? <laughs> I've never been so insulted in my... Oh, no, there's nobody here with that name. I'm sorry, you got the wrong number. Always the wrong number. Why do people call when your favorite program is on or you're in the bathtub? That's the only time it rings, and then it's always the wrong number. Well, stop looking like Barbara Stanwyck. Yeah. <laughs> okay, you stop looking like Burt Lancaster. Willie, someone's at the door. Well, since when did they put the new speedway through our living room? You know? <laughs> See who it is. I got to get back and check the radio. Yes? I'm from the phone company. Where's the phone? I'm eating it and don't you touch it. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that phone. Oh, yes, there is. Why? An unpaid bill since April. Well, I sent that in. Well, we haven't seen it at the office. Well, look, don't bother me now. Go back to April and look for it. <laughs> get, 
lost. I gotta listen to the program. I don't leave until I take that phone. I'd have been around sooner, but I've been up to my ears and work. Very funny. Very funny. Phone man up to his ears and work. Get out of here. <laughs> You'll be up to your ears and me if you don't leave, I'm telling you. I'll answer it. No, no, good. Hello? Yes. Yes, it certainly is. Who is that? The operator. Yeah? She said it was a long distance from New York, and I said it certainly was. You're getting quiz show jitters. Look, the long distance from New York, that's the program, you dope. Give me the phone, give me the phone. Hello, operator. Sorry, Bob, you can't use the phone. Don't tell me what to do, operator. Give me long distance. Well, then why don't you hang up? They might call back. Yeah, they might, they might. They might call back. Did I hear the phone ring? Yeah, I heard it. (laughs) Boy, when you get excited, you don't wait for the last minute for Hello, hello, who, who? Willie Lump Lump, is nobody here. Yeah, I'm Willie, I'm Willie. What's that? You can turn up the radio so I can hear what they're playing with. You set it off! Turn it on! Turn it on! And if I'm elected, hear me. If I am elected, this town will have the biggest shakedown. I mean, shakedown. You got the wrong shakedown. Get the music, get that music. Hello, hello, hold on, Willie. I was cut off for a second. And now you're being cut off for good. Hello, hello. You disconnected my phone. <laughs> this when my ship was coming in, you scuttled it for me. <laughs> now I've got nothing to live for. Nothing except radio's own Maul Perkins. <laughs> You all know that trains are a hobby of Dave Rose, and tonight it sneaks into his music as Dave and his Proctor and Gamble Orchestra play Beyond the Blue Horizon.
Thank you, Dave Rose. A page from the Mean Little Kid's Diary. Can you remember as a little kid, you happened to do a good deed by accident, and you're still wondering why everybody made such a fuss over you? Well, it happened to Junior, the mean little kid. <laughs> Junior! Junior! Where are you? Oh, yucky do. Oh, Junior, how can you get so dirty? Well, it's a chemical reaction. A chemical reaction? Yeah, you just mix the wood of water with some dirt and you got mud and from now on it's easy. <laughs> you just get upstairs and mix some water with some soap and get it off. Okay. And hurry, because we're going to the dedication of our new dam. Hey, Mummy, what's a dam? Well, it's a barrier to obstruct the flow of water on a river or a stream. Then the water is used as a power... To turn the dynamos, which generate electricity. You're the windy old bird, ain't you? <laughs> hey, is the umph girl of the Bunker Hill going to go with us? If you mean your grandmother, mm-hmm. yes. She's making a speech at the dedication. Oh. Now, you go clean up. Okay, I go clean up. Don't use the guest towel. Oh, I won't dirty them. I'll just rumple them up a little so the guests won't be afraid to use them. <laughs> Put on your little Lord Fauntleroy suit. Oh, no! I'm not going to wear that sissy outfit. Oh, that's not a sissy suit. Yes, it is. It's gotten you a lot of compliments. It got me a lot of black eyes, too. (laughs) Even though your kids beat up on me every time they see me. And and besides, me legs are too skinny for short pants. They are not. Oh, no. The last time I wore that suit, Nanmo says, Hold still, you got a loose thread hanging from your pants. And she nearly yanked me leg off. With your young pants. I hid it. You hid it. You probably gave it away because you're always saying that you don't want me to grow old. <laughs> long pants make me look older and you gave it away. You gave it away. I didn't give it away. You it's, did. It's in my clothes closet. I knew I'd find out what it was. Here, here. Hmm? What was the matter with little iron lungs? Oh, she hid me long. <laughs> she hid me long pants and, and now I got to wear that awful monkey suit. Oh, now, speaking of hiding things, mm-hmm. have you seen your grandfather's false teeth? Well, last time I seen them, they was in a glass of water and the water must have been awful cold because they were just chattering away. <laughs> hmm? Someone has taken them. No. Now, who would do the trick like that? I think I know who took them. And I think I know who took them. And I think I know who took them. (laughs) But the question is now, is any of us here a stool pigeon? Where are they, Junior? Well, I'd rather not say, but the next time Grandpa throws a bone to me dog, he'll have the pleasure of watching him be gnawed with his own teeth. Father's teeth to your dog? Yeah, and he's a funny looking thing. He's the only puppy in the neighborhood with a lower plate wobble. <laughs> oh, well, we can't worry about them now. No. We'd better get a move on or we'll be late for the dedication. Oh, yes. I, I will get ready and be right after the car. Mother, are you sure you don't want to drive? Uh, no, dear. I don't think I know how to aim it well enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> Funny, but he kills me. <laughs> oh, my! Quite a turnout, isn't it? Quite an egg. Mother! Uh-huh. Mother, 
whether that officer is signaling for us to pull in beside the speaker's platform. Well, do as the officer tells you, Noreen. Pull in there. Pull in there. Came kind of close, didn't you, kid? <laughs> oh, there's Mayor Blowhard. Well, Verna, my dear. I'm so delighted to see you here, my dear. Yeah, world's fair, man. Yeah, world's fair. Yeah. I wish they were, dear. <laughs> Mayor, have you met my daughter, Lorene? No. Your daughter? Yes. My, 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 my. You look so young. Say, yeah. <laughs> what have we here? A potential kick in the shins, kiddo. This is Junior, my grandson. Your grandson? Shh, not too loud. She'd rather you didn't rub it in, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> my, what a handsome little fellow. Yeah. Hey, where did you get those rosy cheeks? My father was a glass blower. <laughs> Well, shall we proceed to the speaker's platform? Yeah, let's proceed to the speaker's platform. Do you need me for anything else, Mayor? No, no. Oh, Verna, you know Mr. Idlemore here. Well, I most certainly do, yes. And I'm surprised to see you at the dedication. Heaven knows you fought the project hard enough. Yes, you did. Shall we hurry? We're on the air in just a few minutes. Hey, is this platform strong enough to hold everybody? You know old fat girl ain't just there, you know. (laughs) My dear. Boy. Oh, Mother, save his whipping. We can have it tonight with our popcorn. <laughs> we, uh, we better hurry, Vernon. Uh, come on, Junior. No, I don't want to go up on that platform. It don't look safe to me. I'm going to stay right here. Well, then you behave yourself. Yes, yeah? Junior. Now, we're putting you on your honor. And I'm putting you on the spot. Now, <laughs> uh, Mr. Idlemore. Where he at? Now, where did that Idlemore disappear Where'd he to? go? He's supposed to introduce you, Werner. Well, Mr. Idlemore was here a second ago. You know, Mayor, for some reason, I, I don't trust that man. Sometimes he speaks Italian. It's pretty hard to understand. <laughs> oh, Idlemore's got some crackpot ideas, but he's harmless enough. Well, we'll just have to start the ceremonies without him. No, I, I see that, Mr. Idlemore. He went down those steps under the dam. I'm going to go after him. I'm going to find out what he doing. Oh, oh, now down the steps to the tunnel, down to the steps. Boy, it sure is dark in here, isn't it? But I, is I scared? No. Am I kidding myself? Yeah. There's that Mr. Idamore. He's talking to somebody. I will just sneak over. I'm just going to see. I can't see them. Oh, now I see them from here. I'll just blow a big bubble out of my bubble gum and hide behind it. That's what I do. Well, I tell you, I can't go through with it. I did my best to stop the building this damn, but... Now, wait a minute. I think I heard someone. It's just a rat. He knows me pretty well, don't he? Now you look, Idlemore, you bungled your job, now we're going to do it my way. But blowing up the dam, that's insane. May I remind you that what you think doesn't matter. The party comes first. Oh, they're going to have your party. Well, I stick around, get some ice cream. You misled me. When I joined the organization, you told me it was just a social club. That's why I became a member of the All-American Association for the Thinking Sons of the United States. <laughs> With a name like that, you know it's got to be a phony organization. Well, we have to use a name like that to cover up our real purpose. Doesn't that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Like a skunk. Now, if you have to blow up the dam... (laughs) If you have to blow up the dam, why not do it at night? Not when there are thousands of people here. Because we have to teach these unmisinformed American citizens that just because they're happy and contented and free, they don't have to put up with it any longer. Now, where's that time bomb? Right here. Now, I'll set it for one o'clock. That'll give us ten minutes to get a safe distance away before it goes off. Well, I hope you set it right. Oh, stop worrying. What was that shot? Me bubblegum just blew up. 
me kiss her again. Hey, kid, what are you doing down here? Hey, yo, yo, mister, if you don't want this little cock, can I hide it? Hey, put that down. Well, I know, I've always wanted a little cock for my bedroom. And oh, come on, come you. on, come on, let's get out of here. Here, 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 you're going to run away, I'll take you. Here, no, come here. hey, kid, get away from us. Hey, mommy, Nemo, Mayor, help, help. These men here, they're going to blow up the dam. Junior, what on earth are you saying? I heard these men say they were going to blow up the dam. Why, that's Idlemore and his friend. We've been trying to pin something on them for a long time. Officer, arrest those men. Don't let them get away. Don't let them get away. They cover them. Yes, thanks to you. Junior, hmm? what have you there in your hand? A time bomb. A time bomb? Yes. Oh, now, isn't that... N- a time bomb! <laughs> Good heavens, give it to me. I'll no. throw it down the hill. No, no, don't throw me clock away. No. Now, look what you do. <laughs> you broke it. <laughs> By the way, what happened to the hill? <laughs> Dear, dear little grandson. My brave little son. I have so much more than Gregory. Why do I fight it? Thanks for being with us tonight. We hope you liked our program well enough to be with us at the same time next week. So until next Friday... This is, this is Red Skelton saying thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening, folks, and thanks for buying more and more of that wash day miracle, Tide. Tide's in. Dirt's out. Tide gets clothes cleaner than any soap. T-I-D-E. Tide. The future of our country depends on the youth of today, and every young American should realize the part he must play in building our nation and keeping it free. It's up to every one of us to try to have a better understanding of youth and its problems. We cannot afford to neglect young America. Procter and Gamble invite you to join us again with Red Skelton next Friday. And now stay tuned to the life of Riley, which follows immediately. Red Skelton is heard in this program through the courtesy of Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Inner Sanctum, followed by Our Miss Brooks. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.